0: And with me today are my buddy Schnell, A, A, and Teach,
1: <laughs> B! There B. we go. We
0: did it. We, I, I do we not rank it. you guys in order of favorites. Uh, that's just for me to know and you guys to never find out. I'm fourth best uh-huh. out of the three of us. <laughs> that's the spirit. Uh, today we are recapping pre-release weekend. Uh, Ravnica B. Allegiance pre-release was this weekend. We all played in at least one event. We played in one, uh, all of us together. Uh, We'll talk about that. Uh, Teej played a little Two-Headed Giant. We'll get into that. But before we start talking about how the pre-release weekend went for us, uh, we are going to continue our segment about This Week in Magic. So um, I let off last weekend. Teej, you go first this week. Then we'll go Schnell. And then I will wrap it up. So, Teej, tell us what you did this week leading up to the pre-release.
1: All right. This Week in Magic uh, was another arena week. Um, I did another uh, I said almost said Innistrad Ixalan draft
0: <laughs> That would have been fucking awesome if you yeah, did right? an Innistrad draft Although I'd have been mad you didn't tell us
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, And it was terrible I, did not, I didn't do well on this draft um, I went to uh, Black White Vampires again um, And for some reason it just was not good Uh, so nothing exciting there. Um, also this week, uh, I was fine-tuning an EDH deck, uh, my Dragonlord Lord deck I've been working on, and I finally, uh, narrowed down another list that I want to try. Um, I only have to, well, I have to buy, I think, five cards I picked up, but only one of them is a rare. The others are commons that I want to put in, so I don't feel bad about buying cards. Because this one I wanted to just use mostly what I had uh, at home. I don't want to buy... I don't like buying too many singles, you know, because then it's... I, I like playing with the cards that I already own, and if I need to fine-tune some stuff, that's when I'll go pick up singles. Uh, but yeah, so I got to pick up a couple cards, and then I'll be excited to try out the new list uh, that I have for my Cylumber deck. Sweet. So, yeah. And then there was the pre-release. So that was my week. How about you, Schnell? Um, I played
2: a couple of one-on-one EDH games, even though I hate playing EDH one-on-one. I prefer yeah. it to be a group game format, but I had a... well, one of my guild ball buddies uh, wanted to play test a couple of decks that he doesn't like spending money on singles, so like half the deck was proxied, and he printed oh. off... Yeah, he printed off, like, masterpiece versions of everything that he proxied, or Vintage Masters versions of, like, original dual Lands, <laughs> and just like, yep, this is my pirate deck, I pirated the whole thing. Like, I guess.
1: That, that, I, that I'm actually okay with. Yeah, I don't I'm, really like but... proxies. But I'm okay with the pirated pirate deck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at least he stayed on he stayed
2: on
0: theme. I really like that.
2: <laughs> yeah, so the, the the first time or the first few rounds, um, I ran I think Rurik Thar and my Gashath just like super aggro, because I don't build EDH decks for one-on-one competitive. I build them for group game casual fun, and most of my decks require a buffer of a couple of turns to actually get going. Uh, Rurikthar and Geshath are my two most just absurdly fast ramp into the commander, and then just start going to town on my opponent. So those games did well, and that was early the week. And then he came back uh, on Friday before the pre, uh, like shortly after opening, and he had tweaked a few things. And we played a few more games. I picked some other decks, and he just waffle stopped me.
1: By tweak, did you mean printed out more things? <laughs> he, he may have. Hey, uh, can I use your computer? <laughs> <laughs> you got a printer, right?
2: He he ran a, a Rashmi like, artifact combo deck where it's just like, oh, uh, Micah Synth Lattice, and then Darksteel Forge, and then Rawl's Disc, and you don't have things left. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, that'll do it. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm like, You're that's not what Dark Steel Forge does. And he's like, What? No, it says right here and I pulled the proxy sheet off of the card that actually was in the <laughs> sleeve. I'm like, Nope, it's this red dragon thing. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh man. No, that, that I, Gishap I Gishap honestly I oh, I was just gonna say your your yes. Geshaft deck, I've played against it before, and when that thing gets going, that thing is hard yeah. to stop.
2: Yeah. It it can steamroll because it's just a bunch of big dumb dinosaurs and then like a th- thousand dollars worth of mana ramping lands and artifacts. Yeah. Yeah, that thing's pretty intense. I don't I don't like putting money into my decks, but I like taking money cards that I just happen to have and throwing them at stupid projects. <laughs> That's
1: fair. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah it is. But yeah, no, I honestly don't mind, you know, proxy decks because it's a game, it's f- supposed to be fun. When you're proxying for competitive decks though, then I go, Well, you're being competitive and you're supposed to be using the actual cards then. So I like to give people grief about that. But honestly, as long as you're as long as we're having fun. If you're being competitive and also using fake cards, that's when I start to go, Okay, we can't have fun and that you know. You can't be cheap and fun or cheap yeah. and competitive, I suppose. I'm the I'm the same way. Yeah.
1: I like your philosophy on boobies. <laughs>
2: Wait, what are we talking about? Yes. <laughs> the real ones are okay. The fake ones are okay. <laughs>
1: but only I? if they're fun. Can Can I? Once you start getting competitive...
2: Well, and is that a group game activity as well? I mean, I'd prefer one-on-one, but if they let me play, I guess. Aww. I don't know Can if we I should hold one? movie talk in the episode. Yeah, <laughs> you started it, so... You're ready, right, Yeah, just remember, you took it there. And this I at me. no point said anything other than magic terms, so...
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll take credit for that one. That's fair.
2: But yeah, so I, I did a... A little bit of EDH this week, uh, mostly prep for the uh, pre-release and got a few more Arena games in, just trying to grind for more coins and cards. I'm not really going uh, ranked competitive because I feel like I'm going to go up against the guys who are already like, oh yeah, I sank $500 into Arena, but I have everything
0: and can do all the meta decks. I don't want to play against those guys yet. Yeah, same here. I don't blame you. I ran into one. Um, I shouldn't say one. It w- today was the first day that I started running into the, um, oh, my God. What What's that stupid blue mill card where you can have as many of them in your deck? Um, persistent Petitioners. Thank you. For some reason, mm. I was thinking Defiant something, and I knew it, there was alliteration, and I was way off. <laughs> uh, yeah, Persistent Petitioners. So Would I'd you rather play our against...
2: Petition? <laughs> Will you sign our
0: petition? <laughs> please, please, please. And then they eventually make you go crazy, so you lose all the cards off the you top of your fucking quit. library. just quit, yeah. <laughs> um, I'd much rather play against Burglar Rat. Uh, you know, like that deck was... Well, then again, you know, um, Chanel, we were kind of talking about this before, and I, I was also playing with the Black Precon just because... Um ah. one of my goals for the day to 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 win gold was, you know, cast 30 black spells or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah. So I was playing mono black just to churn out black spells. So that was actually part of it was I wasn't really playing with a fine-tuned deck either, but I mean, they're all two drops. And when you're playing a mono black deck that all your good stuff starts at like 3 or 4, you know, the guys already got two of them on the board before I start getting anything going, and then it's just um what is it, God, uh 12? If you have four of them, it's the top 12 cards off the deck. Yep. I mean, it four, just gets... Four mils, you 12. It just gets something, you know, going something stupid. So, um, it's been a couple days since the set was released. Obviously, in, you know, pre-release in real life, and then... Uh, um, or paper magic, I suppose. And then, you know, uh, well, what, the set's, three, the three set four days re- now on Allegiance? The set hasn't released in paper yet, it's just pre-released. Exactly, yes. Um and hey bonus if you support your lgs because you can get your booster box a week before everybody else also planeswalker decks and obviously your um uh pre-release packs but but yeah so i i Nine
1: singles god help you if you walk into this master singles
0: <laughs> you son of a bitch yeah I've never option
1: now stab someone quicker in my life <laughs> that was pretty cool though <laughs> I just want one persistent petitioner.
2: I'll give you... And just knife in the neck already. <laughs> Wizards, Wizards is always watching, but only if you're a local game store. If you're Walmart, they don't give a shit if you violate Street <laughs> 10. No, God,
0: not at all. In fact, here, have everything three months early. Oh, my God. Uh, Yeah, so after that, that um, little tirade, I guess I cut you <laughs> off on that because I hate persistent petitioners um you know both in magic and out of magic uh did you did you do anything else this week
2: um edh in real life i didn't play an fnm because my fnm plans were to just make sure fnm runs and i try to do as little as possible because my store is open normally on fridays from 12 to 12 it's my 12 hour day i open it normally at 10 but i'm like okay Fridays, I'll open a little later and I'll stay open until midnight because we run regularly standard and modern FMs. Standard gets started around 5 because most people are, or kid, kids are done with school by then. Most people get out of work by then. So by the time standard wraps up, because we usually have about 8 to 10 for standard, uh, we can start modern at 8. We usually have, actually, we had like 17 for modern. There were a lot of modern players. Yeah, so modern ran just up until. About eleven thirty, and then we had a half hour to screw around before pre-release. But knowing full well that I was going to be at the store for about seventeen hours, I did as little as possible for those seventeen hours, just to try and conserve strength and energy and the will to not stab magic players. You did a good job. That. You even I made only burgers. stabbed. I only stabbed for. Oh yeah, I grilled out for people. We had forty-five bags of chips because that's what everyone brought. to the that's luck. what
0: everybody brought. <laughs> Yep, me and. What should I
2: bring to a potluck? Uh, three bags of chips per person.
0: Not that 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 food math checks out. Hold on, is this a Nelson party? Because uh...
1: yeah, <laughs> the Nelson party don't stop. Because until everyone's had one
0: math.
2: pound of pulled pork, that is when a Nelson party stops. <laughs> and God damn it, if you try to leave early. <laughs> But yeah, since it was my store's first pre-release, we did a grill-out potluck thing, and everyone seemed to like that, and yeah, several people were here for yeah, it was awesome. hours and hours, so getting some food in between rounds was always good. So The only issue was, being the first pre-release and only being a core-level store up until this point, I only got 40 pre-release packs, and I was itching and scra- scratching to get 32 players so I could hit advanced level. Uh, I hit 40 and had to turn a couple of people away at midnight, and I felt terrible, because I never like saying, no, you can't play games with us. That is the worst yeah. thing a game shop owner can say.
0: But yeah, a it's kind of, of those bittersweet, people, you know.
2: Yeah, a couple of those people went, ah, no, that's fine. I guess I'll just take a booster box and one of each of the...
0: Uh, D- the planes walking planes up, So yeah. yeah, so you, you still made money, but it sucks that they couldn't sit down and play because yeah, it was a it was a fun tournament. Oh, it was great. Uh, anything else? No, that that's it for me. That's it for you, huh? Uh, okay. Well, geez, what did I do? Uh, played so a bunch of like arena. Bacon
1: in my house, and I don't want to podcast anymore. <laughs> <What?
0: laughs> now you just want to eat bacon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's that's really fair. Um, so for anyone who's listening right now, if that's this has the been last the home. Home
2: Bacon <laughs> podcast.
0: <laughs> if that's the last we hear from Teach tonight, everybody knows why, and I think everybody will understand. I mean, Jesus, we, sh- we just hear <laughs> crunching in the really background right now. It
1: was fun. Got some good cards. See, you guys. <laughs>
0: I'm having bacon. Uh, yeah, Teej, so I played. Oh, Teach
2: doesn't know it's not bacon.
1: <laughs> Teach doesn't know it's not dog food. <laughs> if it tastes so anyway, good,
0: to eat it, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, anyway, so what did I do this week? I played um, I played a bunch of Arena. I got greedy and tried early to get my Play Allegiance code to work, and it didn't. Uh, but then when Chanel was like trying to play on Friday morning? Friday
2: is when it, it started working.
0: Is that, it, well, is that when it went through the maintenance, right, and you couldn't yep. get on? Uh, yeah. yeah, so immediately after that, um, before I came uh, up to Two Rivers for the pre-release, I got my booster packs, got a little bit of that set going um but the big thing i did on friday was coordinate with as many LGSs as i could um down in milwaukee to try and finish the pieces for that grixis edh deck uh the discard deck that i've been working on and i ended up finding between schnell and um one store down here game game universe gamer universe i don't even remember what it was and that's terrible uh but i found <laughs> almost all the pieces i think i only needed to make six proxies um and you know people most people are pretty cool when you're playing in a casual environment like hey i'm just you know i'm this is like version 1.0 i'm, I'm just building this deck is it okay if there's five six proxy cards in here and nobody cares uh, so I got to test that out uh, before the pre-release, which was a ton of fun. I I did have to play, I think I played 2 or 3 1v1, um, which, like Shnell was saying before, isn't my favorite way to play EDH. But I'll do it, and it kind of helps when you're in the early stages of um, deck building to know what, you know, you're trying to find out what you're weak against, what you're strong against. So I definitely learned, uh, you know... Big fat creatures, if I don't have removal, uh, my army of specters that are going to force you to discard if they hit you, aren't going to do anything against (laughs) Uh, a bunch of shit with trample or anything like that. Uh, The first game kind of sucked because um, I was playing against this guy, Chris, and he had a deck that had one... One infinite combo in it, basically, and, of course, he hit that draw on turn four, and he comboed out, and that was the end of that game, so <laughs> that that was a little disappointing. The second game went much longer. Um, I think he ended up winning that one, but I, I held up a lot more competitive in that. The third game that we played, I actually played with Chris and his son, um, and I took them both out in that one, so that was exciting, and then I played... And then it was, he went Chris went to play modern so I was playing with his son and I beat him one v one so <laughs> in Magic in okay. Magic um, so you know it, it and was he about, is legally a teenager so that's not true so it's okay just. <laughs> uh, he does have a mustache so it's fair it's uh, he can brown. grow facial hair. Kind of. um, <laughs> Um, yeah, no. So it was, I'd say right around, you know, the 500 mark. Um, I'm not ready to pull anything quite yet. I'd really like to get it tested out in a, like a four player environment if I can, like a full pod. Um, so I'm, I'm happy with the way it's playing. There were guys walking around the store going, oh, that's, that's kind of cool. Or I didn't think about that. Or, hey, can I, you know, can I look through and see what you got in there? So it caught some people's eyes. So it was my first, uh. My first attempt at you know building an EDH deck from scratch rather than upgrading a precon, so I'm I'm happy with it. It's a different way to play. I know I didn't build the deck to win uh, or be like super creature competitive. I built it more just to be annoying as hell because it makes you <laughs> it makes you constantly pitch cards and then you're constantly taking damage for it. Um, so. It was cool to get some of my enchantments on the board. Um, I got at one point, I had Liliana's Caress, Megrim, and Raider's Wake. So every pitch, you were taking six damage. Um, Quest for the Nile Stone was working. Painful Quandary, um, I got out, and that was really fun. Uh, I didn't even think about
2: Raider's Wake plus your Spectres that make them discard when they hit. That's pretty good.
1: Yeah.
0: Isn't it? Yeah, I love love that combo. Uh, So there's some... They're tiny little combos, but like I said, I built it to be really obnoxious, and it definitely worked. (laughs) So I was happy with that. I can't wait to keep playing with it. Um, And that was, I mean, that's probably about the majority of what I spent my week doing was finalizing that deck list and then procuring the cards and, you know, just getting ready to come up and and play the pre-release, which uh, that's the reason we're all here talking tonight is pre-release. So. uh, That's a good segue. Yeah. Yeah, so the way we're going to set up this part of the show is we're kind of kind of just go um, one at a time, and everybody's just going to do their own full recap of the weekend. So, um, you know, some guys played more matches, some guys played more events, so we'll let each person kind of have the floor, and then we'll just rotate from person to person there. So uh, I'm talking now. I'll get started. Because, um, <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> um, no, this so, is me now. <laughs> So I signed up for Orzhov. Uh I've always liked uh, the synergy between. I'm talking now. <laughs> Sorry. No, that's okay. That was that was good. Well played. Um, yeah, no, I like the synergy between white and black. I always have. I really was intrigued by the afterlife mechanic because in a in a, in limited play, I really like to have evasion and flying, and I knew that if I could get enough afterlife, that's a really quick and cheap way to get a bunch of flyers on the board. So that was one of the things I was thinking about. And with black, you've got, hey, you've got removal. Um, so that's always nice too. White, you can kind of um, get some some taxing, if you will, going on, you know, tap some creatures out, whatever. Um, take away abilities, um, you know, stuff like that. So I, I wanted to go Orzhov. I liked some of the stuff that I saw that was leaked and just thought it would be fun to do. This was also the first pre-release I've played in since, Jesus Christ, what was that, M12, M11? I don't know. Whenever Tej and I found out that each other played Magic, um, we both had had far too much to drink that night because it, <laughs> it was our. You play
2: Magical Gatherings?
0: our our the place we worked took us out for dinner and Go drinks ahead. that night, and then we ended up at the same bar after that, and then we both left and neither of us said what we were <laughs> yeah, leaving that's for. And he had he had been in in the store already, and I walked in and I just hear him yell from across the room. You play Magical Gatherings? Um, so this I was, was the... I was there for that too because that
2: was I worked at that <laughs> were game working. store at yeah. the time, yeah. <laughs> and you were probably like, "What the fuck is going?" Before on? <laughs> I before I owned a game store when I only just worked for them, <laughs> just like um, what the hell is going on? Yeah, I God, that had so to be man. somewhere between M ten and M twelve. Yeah, I think um, that was also the night that uh, because. It was at that time. People were like, "Oh, you know, if you want to drink during the pre-release, that's fine. It's after hours, and like legally, as long as any alcohol you bring into the business is consumed or left there, it's fine. You can't leave with open alcohol containers. Yep. And I, I, I remember somebody having to apologize about cleaning up their own vomit in the bathroom, and I'm like, cool. And then we talked to I talked to my boss, and yeah, no more drinking at the pre-release. <laughs> nice.
1: I think you're, I think that was that one. I kind of <laughs> yeah. remember that too.
0: Yeah, I, I think I vaguely remember that as well. Um, so yeah, this was my first sober and <laughs> first pre-release in uh in quite some time. So don't, don't drink and scry. No, no, don't <laughs> drink and scry. I like that. Uh, that can be our new sign-off every every week. <laughs> I like that. It's a good
1: sign-off. So remember, kids.
0: So, yeah, I took the Oroshoff pre-release pack, and, uh, God, what was my promo? Ethereal, uh, God, sits in this deck somewhere. Hold on. Ethereal Absolution, that's it. So, that was my promo. Um, It's an enchantment, six land. Uh, Creatures you control get plus one, plus one. Creatures your opponents control get minus one, minus one. And then for two generic, a white and a black, you can exile target card from an opponent's graveyard. If it was a creature card, you create a 1-1 one, one white and black spirit creature token with flying. So, hey, look at that. It pumps my creatures, it penalizes opponent's creatures, and it's another way for me to get flyers. So I thought, like, okay, well, this is something, it's a pretty high mana cost, but it's something I can build around. Um, and I ended up in my other packs, I actually almost went Simic. I almost went blue-green. I pulled... A lot of good simic stuff. I pulled the uh, the Hydroid Krasis, crassis, however you pronounce it. Um, pulled that guy. I pulled zagana. Um, I pulled one or two galloping lizrogs. Um, I pulled a shark to crab. So you know, I pulled some really some of the really fun, cool simic stuff. Um, I also pulled um, rhythm of the wild, but I didn't really have other other than um, God. It's a it's a goblin for I think a red and a green. Sirta or Zerta Goblin, something like that. I pulled one of him, so I didn't have a ton for Gruul stuff. So Rhythm of the Wild, though it was a fun card to pull, wasn't really going to work for me. Um, And I was going through my cards and I was like, well, you know, I could play Simic. I couldn't, I could not. And then I decided, hey, I I took Orzhov. I'm going to roll with it. Uh, So I went through and even though I may have been able to make a stronger um, Simic deck, I did run with Orzhov. So that deck ended up being exactly 40 cards. I had uh, 7 planes, 7 Swamp, and 2 of the Orzhov Guild Gates as far as my, my land was concerned. I pulled 2 Orzhov Lockets, so I put those in there uh, for a little bit of ramp. And then I also pulled Glass of the Guild Pact, which I thought was super useful in a limited format. It's an artifact for 2 land, and multicolored creatures you control get plus 1, plus 1 hey, if I get my spirit tokens, they're black and white. So now, instead of one one flyers, I've got two two flyers, which is really cool and limited. So, so
1: twice as good.
0: Yeah, exactly, they're like double good. <laughs> um, so I thought, hell yeah, uh, those are that's those are some fun artifacts. Um, and those are even more better. <laughs> even better than what's good. So there. Uh, yeah, no, so then I, I had, um, I pulled two or three final payments which is a, an instant for a white and a black. Uh, an additional cost to this spell: either pay five life or sacrifice a creature or enchantment. So I figured, well, hey, this is a good sac outlet. If I if my opponent isn't blocking my creatures that have Afterlife, and I need to generate some tokens, I can destroy. I can target my own creatures with this uh, because uh, it destroys target creature um, is what it does. So I put a couple of those in there for uh, removal as far as my opponents were concerned, or even if I had to remove something of my own that had afterlife. So that was my strategy behind that. I did pull um, pitiless pontiff, which actually helped me out a lot. So this is an uncommon. um, It's a two, two vampire cleric for a white and a black. And its ability reads, uh, for one generic mana and sacrificing another creature, pitiless pontiff gains death touch and indestructible until end of turn. So not only can she take something out and survive it if it's huge, uh, I can also use her as another sac outlet to just get, um, you know, get my afterlife triggered if, if I was in a place that needed it. So you can kind of see what one of my main strategies here was behind my thinking as I was building this deck. Uh, I knew I wanted some some bigger creatures um, to kind of eat up blocks and stuff like that. So I put in two Knight of the Last Breath, um, another uncommon. It's a giant knight creature. He's a 4-4 four, four for six or seven, actually. Uh, five generic, a white and a black. And then for three mana and sacrificing another non-token creature, create a 1-1 one, one white and black spirit creature token with flying. But he also has afterlife. So even though you have to sack another creature to get a token um if you sack him or if he dies because he's you know you're throwing him out to block something or he's dies to removal or whatever you do get three of the spirit tokens from him so it's a it's a higher you know cmc but i figured eh those spirit tokens are going to come in handy so i had two of those guys in there um i also had two grasping thralls it's a three three flyer for five land three generic one white one black and when it enters the battlefield, it deals two damage to each opponent and you gain two life. So even though it was 1v1, um, taking that four life swing where I go up to and my opponent goes down to was really nice. But also having a 3 3 flyer um, on the board, that evasion, that helped out a lot. So the thrill came in handy um, as well while I was playing. And then the last, um, you know, straight up Orzhov gold card that I had was what I, you know, my promo. I had that Ethereal Absolution. Again, and it's, an en- it's an enchantment, gives my creatures plus one, plus one. My opponent's creatures get minus one, minus one. And for four mana, um, I can exile a to- uh, card from an opponent's graveyard. And as long as it was a creature, then I get a spirit token. So um, as far as white cards that I had in there, I didn't run a lot of mono white. I ran um, Sentinel's Mark, which actually came in-, in handy big time. Now, this is an Azorius card um but it's just one generic and and one white so it fit in here nicely uh and it had flash so you could play this at instant speed uh enchant creature enchanted creature gets plus one plus two and has vigilance so i threw that on my pitiless pontiff because then it didn't have to tap and i could still use it as a as a block um blocking outlet after i attacked with it and i could still sack something to give it death touch so uh It helped a lot, and then uh, it also has Addendum, so when it enters the battlefield, if you cast it during your main phase, Enchanted Creature gains lifelink until end of turn, so every time I used it, I did cast it um, during my main phase. I put Twilight Panther in there. He's a 1-2 Cat Spirit uh, for one white mana, and his ability is, uh, for one Swamp, it gains Death Touch until end of turn, so he was kind of in there as, yeah, it's a chump blocker, but also maybe a bit of a deterrent if I leave a black mana open, because... I can destroy something that you're swinging at me with, um, with Death death Touch. And then the last white card I had was um, another afterlife target for me, Um, Ministrant of Obligation. It's a 2-1 Human Cleric for two generic and one white land, just a 2-1 ground creature, but it has afterlife too, so that was just another way that I could get um, token generation. Uh, Then for the black cards I had, I had a Catacomb Crocodile. He's a a 5-drop, 4 generic, 1 black. He's just a 3-7, so he was out there to kind of suck up damage as a blocker. I think I only ended up casting that thing like once. I I never saw it. Another card that was utility for me that helped a lot was Priest of Forgotten Gods. So this is a 1-2 Human Cleric. It's a rare um, 1 generic, 1 black. You can tap her and sac 2 other creatures. Any number of target players each lose two life and sacrifice a creature and then you add two swamp and uh, to your mana pool and draw a card. So another sac outlet, little mana generation. Um, and then, you know, force opponents to lose life too. So... That was another card that came in handy she worked really well um, with things that had afterlife as well as the pitiless pontiff let's see what else do i have in here Uh, blade brand is just an instant target creature gains death touch until end of turn and draw a card that was for one generic one black so that was just for card draw and also to help take something out you know maybe they don't obviously they don't know what's in my hand so um this will help me take out a bigger creature if they swing with it i can chump it and kill it um, I did have a um, one Noxious Grudian in there. It's a 2-2 two, two Death Touch for three, so just, again, more Death Touch. Um, I had Undercity's Embrace in there for two generic, one black. Target opponent sacrifices a creature. If you control the creature with power four or greater, you gain four life. It wasn't necessarily um, the life gain I was after as much as a little bit more removal. I know it gives my opponent the choice if they have more than one creature on the board, but... It's also you know i just needed a little bit more removal in there um i had one carrion imp it's a two three flyer for three generic and one black and when it enters the battlefield you may exile target creature card from a graveyard so that just helped me in case anybody was running um any sort of recursion i could once something that i knew they wanted um was killed i could um get this guy on the battlefield exile it and then also gain to life, so that came in handy, um, especially in the first uh, match I was playing. Those three games, that guy helped me a lot. Um, I had two grotesque demise in my deck. It's uh, two generic and one black. It's an instant, exile target creature with power three or less. So that helped me. Some of the uh, gruel stuff that I was seeing was you know two twos, two threes, three threes, whatever. So. Uh, helped me get rid of some of that Riot stuff, um, you know, especially when it had haste and they didn't pump it up too far. I had one, Bankrupt in Blood, which on a side note here is probably one of my favorite arts uh, in the new set. If you haven't seen it yet, or you don't know off the top of your head what I'm talking about, Bankrupt and Blood, definitely look it up because uh, I even pointed out TJ and I drafted um, our pre-release kits right next to each other. And I remember, you know, tapping them on the shoulder and saying, God, this art is just like my favorite art um and he agreed it's very
1: reminiscent to older artwork
0: yeah it is it is it's just it's really cool magic art um so that's a, a sorcery for one generic and one black as an additional cost to cast a spell sacrifice two creatures again an afterlife outlet for me and also draw three cards so it was also card draw um when i needed it and the last uh number 40 goes to um blood mist infiltrator he's a vampire He's uh, two generic, one black, and he's a 3-1. Whenever Blood Mist Infiltrator attacks, you may sac another creature. If you do, Blood Mist Infiltrator can't be blocked this turn. So another sac outlet and just a way to make sure that uh, I swing for unblockable. So you've got to have an answer that's, you know, removal basically to to stop him. So that was that was the deck, the Orsov deck I built. Um, Again, like I said, I might have been able to build a stronger Simic deck, but I liked the synergies and the strategies that I had. Um, Now we'll talk about whether it actually worked the way I wanted it to. (laughs) Uh, Because in the end... It did not. In the end, that's all that matters. Um, So, uh, the first match, um, I went up against um, Chris's son, uh, Chanel's nephew, who I was talking about (laughs) earlier. And... um, So he was running a a Jund deck, actually. It was mostly Gruul with a little bit of black splashed in. Um, And it was pretty cool. I mean, he ended up pulling a a Domri Planeswalker. So that was, you know, he wanted to get that out on the board, obviously. Um, He was also running, um, I want to say Goblin Guide, but I know that's a a creature. That's not what I'm thinking of. Um, It's the new sorcery that gives you a toke a goblin token for every copy of that card that's in your graveyard plus two more goblin tokens so he was churning out goblin tokens left and right and then he had a bunch of gruel um you know riot creatures and stuff so uh the first match i got flyers out really early i had two spirit tokens and that carrion um imp out almost immediately and he realized on about turn three or four that he didn't have any flyers at all in his deck <laughs> <laughs> and he had no removal uh, that he was drawing into. Sounds about right. So, so game one was over real freaking quick. Um, I just swung through the air, and I, I actually got Glass of the Guild packed out, I don't know, turn three or four, and so then everything was pumped up. The Carrion Imp was a 3-4, and then my spirits were 2-2s, two and it, it, was, it was all over real fast. Uh, the second match, he actually got Domri out in no time um i think what is what is Domri's casting cost four or five four. uh four yeah, right I was gonna say to I it's a four drop four yeah really so agree. it would have been turn turn four that he had he oh, had Dom, Domri out. Do- oh Domri, yeah i was thinking dovin for a second I'm like no so dovin is like
1: three
0: dovin's three yeah dovin's four. even cheaper uh yeah no so he got he got domery out um like immediately on turn four i didn't get anything um, that was flying. He would not. He would not attack me. And obviously, being smart, he wasn't blocking any of my um, uh, Death um, touchers. No, my flyers. Oh, you're so um, or, uh, I'm sorry. Anything that had an afterlife. Sorry, okay. that's what I meant. I'm like, how uh, would well, he block your he flyers did, when he you did, said you
2: didn't have? Any? For
0: game two, he did sideboard in flyers. I did oh, forget okay. to mention that he did adjust. <laughs> okay, um, I actually didn't sideboard at all. I just i kept rolling um i never changed my deck after i built it now maybe that's good maybe that's bad maybe that's indifferent i don't know um i just wanted to roll with it so yeah so second match he ended up pumping domri enough that he got he got the emblem he protected domri very very well and got that emblem and when he started churning out four four beast tokens on everybody's end step uh that one ended real quick and then game three, I don't. he got Domri out again, but I was able to swing into it with Flyers and take it out. And once he lost Domri, he kind of lost uh, all his steam. I had some Death Touch stuff that I was able to mess around with a little bit. And I got Glass of the Guild packed again out in that third game, which pumped all my creatures. And then I actually got Ethereal Absolution out. Uh, That game, which completely rendered his his 1-1 Goblin Token strategy useless, basically, because they all would die as soon as it hit the battlefield. So that worked out for me. So I started off the night uh, 1-0, which was awesome. I was excited. I did not want to lose to him uh, because I didn't want to hear it from you guys for for the rest of my life. You lost uh, to
2: a poorly mustached teeny
1: teenager, <laughs>
0: <laughs> and uh, I also just I you know like I said it was my first tournament in almost a decade, and uh, I just wanted to get one win under my belt for the night. That was my goal going into it. I knew I wasn't going to win it. I knew my my deck building wasn't up to par, and it just wasn't going to work that way. Uh, so I got my first my first uh, match win out of the way right away. I was very happy with that. Um, I have to uh, talk talk about this a little bit. So before, um, there was an inadvertent. I don't even remember why. I, maybe a score a score wasn't reported or something like that. But the, you gave out the round two matchups, and I actually was going to play against Chris, who was who was uh, Dell's dad, and then. Um, chris's reaction to that was what oh, yeah. for the boss fight are you gonna have to fight my dad <laughs> like it was uh it was, was it was pretty hilarious but then i think there was like a match that the yeah the somebody didn't get reported somebody or some, had somebody. no
2: somebody dropped and didn't report it until after uh yes that's airings were so up somebody dropped so because right away. it was right okay. away we
0: we did a quick repair so that nobody, got it nobody was paired against the guy who was leaving got it so so yeah so then uh Everything got reshuffled, and I actually uh, Tej and I drew each other in that matchup, so I got to play Tej, or I had to play Tej. I'm not really sure uh, <laughs> which which way I want to put it. Um, I knew uh, that was going to be an uphill battle. Um, Tej is really, really good at limited play. He drafts. Um, that I mean, that's your preferred format. Preferred format, isn't it? It is. Yeah. So you. You know what you're doing, uh, way more than I do, and I actually really liked the deck that you built. Um, obviously, I'll let you talk about that um, when when you're up here. But basically, uh, but game much one, much. game one went to teach pretty quick. That um, uh, what what's it called? Scut- Scuttle Gator. Uh, Scuttle <laughs> Scuttle Gator. That thing bit me hard. <laughs> um, once he got that thing adapted, I was in big trouble. Um, that got me hard. Um, wait. <laughs> that thing bit me hard <laughs> in game one <laughs> we're definitely leaving that in there and uh, I just hey guys I really like magic um, <laughs> yeah no, so that that gator yeah, really uh, gator. That was, yeah.
1: good old scudger <laughs>
0: Um so yeah I went I, I went down pretty quick in, in match one match two I don't remember how I think it was with flyers I somehow managed to swing in um and beat him, I think, again, I think it was with Flyers, and then, um, the third game, he was running a lot, I think you got all three of the, um, is it a, a Senate something or another, the, uh, the blue, the blue common that lets you scry two or three as soon as it hits a battlefield, um, oh, the,
1: uh, Sphinx of Foresight,
0: no, it's the, it's the, the little, um, ah, god dang it, it's the little, uh, Dovin Acolyte guy, um, uh, he's a, like a 2 1 wizard or something like that. Um, oh, and he, he yeah, scries yeah. He scries Sages, as soon as he hits the battle. Yeah, that guy. Uh, Sage's Row Savant. Thank you. That's the one. You got like three of them right in a row and kind of scried your way into um everything you needed and i believe it was that damn alligator again um in that game and scuttle scuttle gator got me again um
1: he's going to get <laughs> he you like he's going to see it
0: so i went uh i went two and one in my first match winning that i went one and two in my second match losing that to Tej. uh and then i actually dropped um two rivers was in the middle of a snow apocalypse. Oh, and yeah. uh, I think there was probably six or seven inches of snow when I left, and it didn't start oh, until wow. probably 8 o'clock. Oh, yeah. we, I mean, we,
2: got, we you got, guys got uh, pounded oh, with
0: lake effect snow. Just over a foot of snow by morning. It was absolutely insane. And I had to drive. I mean, what normally takes me about 20 minutes to get out, uh, rather than going back to Milwaukee, where the snow was even worse, I stayed up at my, my dad's house up there. And what normally takes me 20 minutes to get from Two Rivers to his place took me about an hour. It was a it was a hell of a drive. Um, but it was crazy. I got about halfway out of Two Rivers, like halfway between Two Rivers and uh, where my dad lives. And it was like, I mean, it was like driving through a curtain. Like, all of a sudden, it just ended. You know, when you got out of that lake effect snow, it was crazy. But all of Two Rivers and half of 310, it was just like, okay, I got to stay in this guy's tire ruts because I'm never going to get home in my Civic otherwise. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so I dropped early. Uh, but like I said, I was very happy. Um, I got, I got a win. Um, my deck, I I took one game from Tej. Uh, it wasn't the most powerful deck that was there, but it was a lot of fun to play. Um, I had fun building it and it was cool to see some of the ideas for strategy that I had in my head actually, uh, you know, come to fruition while I was playing, so it was. It, it gave me a little bit of a confidence booster, and it kind of. I used to like loathe drafting because I just was like, "Well, I suck at deck building on my own, especially in a minimal amount of time with a very limited pool of cards." But I had a lot of fun with it, and it's something that I definitely want to do a lot more of. And I'm really looking forward to um, continuing to attend pre-release events because not not just like was it fun to play Magic? all night long. It was fun to just be in that, that atmosphere, um, that sense of community, everybody who was there. I mean, there were people who I still don't even know their names, you know, and we sat down and talked or played or, you know, whatever. It was just, everybody that was there was great. It was a really fun experience. Um, the food was awesome. I loved the idea of the, the potluck. So it was nice to be able to kind of just come and go and eat whenever you want and, and do whatever. So I, I had a blast all around, it was an awesome weekend. I uh, ended up getting a, a booster box as well. Um, so I got my, um, God, what were we calling the, the buy a box promo? Uh, we were making fun of the Because neither of us could it, remember it, and you called it something awesome. I called it the terror of High Point Peak. <laughs> that's and I'm like, I don't was. think that's right. <laughs> that's what it was. And I wanted to call it like the haunt of i don't remember what we were both half right the haunt of high tower yeah yeah and i was thinking something about bell towers or i don't know but it was it was great uh but yeah no so i picked him up uh, along with my box um i got a second hydroid Crassus in the box i pulled a rakdos i pulled a spawn of mayhem um i pulled a lot of really cool simic stuff more shark to crabs Um, (laughs) more, uh, more galloping Lizrogs, uh, biomancer. I got the biomancer, the benthic biomancer. I got a biomancer's familiar. I got the, the benthic, um, the, uh, uh, benevolent benthic, um, that mythic octopus. I got him. The only thing that I didn't, I mean, it would have been cool to get a planeswalker, but the only thing I didn't get that I was like, damn, I really wish I would have got that was of course a copy of the ooze that I want to get my hands on just cause Ooze, ooze tribals where it's at. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I loved it. I had a great weekend. It was a ton of fun. Um, and if War of the Spark ends up being, you know, what the next set is, this last set in the Ravnica not block that we're in right now, um, I can't wait for that pre release because I just, I had a complete blast. It was awesome. I hope everybody else had as much fun as I had because that's exactly what these pre release weekends are all about. Uh, so, that being said, that is what I had. Uh, Tid, you wanna you wanna go next?
1: This set is garbage, and everything Nelson said is wrong. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> wow. <laughs> no. <laughs> just jokes. So, um, I was Schnell's fortieth and final contestant <laughs> for pre release. Yeah, you just you were <laughs> you
2: were the reason I had to turn people away.
1: I'm sorry, and I almost gave it up too to the to the one guy, but he wasn't looking at me. I was trying to get his attention. <laughs> I was trying to say. I you got to you stick totally your plumage crazy. out more next time. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I did not get a choice uh, on what I wanted to play. I could have, but I actually didn't know if I was going to be able to make it or not because I had to work that night. Uh, but I showed up there, and he had one more kit left, and it was Azorius. So I sat down and cracked open my Azorius box, and the first, uh, the first thing I saw was my uh, promo, and that was a promo Sphinx of Foresight. Woo! Which is really cool. Um, what is he, a 3 3? Three? 3 3 flying for 2 and 2 blue. Uh, I can reveal it from my opening hand before the game begins, and if I do, I get to scry 3 during my first upkeep. And I did that at least three times that night. At least. Um, could have been more, but it was really good. And then as soon as he's, uh, he's on He's up 4-4 four four for four, by the way.
2: 4-4 for four. four, four, four. Awesome. Yeah. I didn't want to cut you off, but you were misrepresenting a Sphinx, so I have to. <laughs>
1: I, I understand. I expect nothing less. <laughs> I'm going to let you finish, but... <laughs> um, but. Yeah. And then on top of that, he also has at the beginning of your upkeep, Scry 1. Which is a really neat ability. So, uh, then I proceeded to open the rest of my packs. Now, um, I don't know why that was funny, but that was hilarious. I thought it was like
0: your segue into, so I thought about building Azorius, and then I opened the rest of my packs.
1: (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. Well, this was a
2: great start, and then I opened more.
1: Um,. I prefer drafting over sealed, and what we did on Friday was sealed. True. So, when you when you draft, uh, you have 24 packs worth of magic cards being opened, and you select what you want to build, so your deck is going to be extremely coherent. That's how you're going to put together your riot deck, or your addendum deck, or what have you. Uh, in sealed, you don't get that luxury. You are bound to what you open. So, you might open uh, you might open your Orzov Guild kit and then think, man, I should probably play Simic. <laughs> um, that's just you know, it's the, the 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 mercy of playing sealed. So I opened the rest of my packs and I didn't have a whole lot of Azorius support. Um, I had some really good spells, uh, but I didn't have all the creatures to go with it. Uh, But what I did have was access to green with Simic. So I ended up playing a solid three-color deck. It wasn't splashing. It was just three colors. I played Bant. Green, white, and blue. Ah, excuse me. So, I had to sit up. So... (laughs)
2: Have you been broadcasting from the floor
0: this whole time? <laughs> I smelled head. bacon and I passed out. This I've been is... laying here broadcasting for minutes. <laughs> this is too good. This is T Night to Shine. None of this shit's getting cut. This is just too good. <laughs> He's laying on the floor, eating bacon, drinking that vodka from last week. <laughs> just just having himself a night.
1: <laughs>
0: I like to get comfortable. <laughs>
1: So, um, so for creatures, uh, on the lower end of the curve, I had a Concordia Pegasus, 1-3 flying for 1 and a white, uh, and I have 2 Sages Rose Savant, which ah, is a 2-1 okay. uh, for 1 and a blue, and when it enters the battlefield, scry 2, uh, which is super good for just 2 mana. Uh, next up, I have... 3 Steeple Creepers, a 4-2 for oh, 2 and a green.
0: That's what got me. That was the other one. Yep, Yeah. I remember that thing well.
1: 4-2 <laughs> uh, for three, and a, or for 2 and a green and for 3 and a blue it can gain flying until end of turn. So there were some games where I had things in my hand that I could play, but my opponent couldn't block flying, so I just put that mana into hitting them for flying. Um... Which is really useful. And then other times it was good on the ground, uh, for blocking and what have you. That was a solid card. Uh, I have one Senate Courier, a 1-4 Bird for 2 and a Blue. It has Flying. And for 1 and a White, it gains Vigilance until end of turn, which is really good with that uh, 4 Toughness. And, once again, there were games when I can, I have nothing else to do with my mana, so I'm just giving it vigilance, hitting for one in the air, and then using it, holding it back for blocking. One of my favorite creatures in the set is the Aeromunculus. I had one of these. Uh, uh, two, three for one, a green and a blue, it has flying. And for two, a green and a blue, I can adapt one. Um, now, it's... Putting a plus one, plus one counter on it uh, changes everything. It goes from a 2-3 to a 3-4, which really doesn't sound like much. Uh, but it's if you can't block flying, it's going to take away your life just that much faster. Uh, or it gains that one toughness, which is uh, which brings it right out of removal range for a lot of spells. So, adapting is really good. It's really strong, and I'm really happy about it. Um, I had a Chillbringer, a 3-3 elemental for 4 and a blue. It also has flying. And when it enters the battlefield, I tap a creature, and that creature doesn't untap during its controller's next untap step.
0: That's a card that I really like uh, from this set in Limited specifically. Uh, Chillbringer. I just think that that's that's pretty powerful. Um, You know, the fact that it's a flyer and that it forces, it locks out a creature for two turns in essence. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, it's really good for uh, uh, Azorius control or, or advanced control, which I think might actually be a thing.
0: Yeah, I think you're right.
1: Uh, for 6 mana, I have a Archway Angel. 3-4 uh, flying for 5 and uh, a white, which is really expensive. But when it enters the battlefield, I gain 2 life for each gate I control. Um, and I was running four gates. I was going
0: to say, you had a handful of gates in that deck.
1: I had four gates in the deck. Uh, so I think I only saw this once. All, I shouldn't Let me rephrase that. I saw it multiple times all night, but the, I only gained life off of it once. And I gained four life. Um, but I didn't always see the gates, but that's going to happen. Uh, plus, it's, it's flying. Most of the creatures, if you didn't pick up on it in my deck, have flying. Uh, and then the final creature in the deck... Uh, was the Scuttle Gator. A 6-6 Defender for 6 mana, uh, but the mana is hybrid. Uh, 4 and 2 Simic, either a green or a blue in its dealer's choice. Um, and that hybrid mana actually makes it easier to cast than if it was one of each color or two of one color. Uh, because it's if you have the mana there... You just make whatever combination you happen to have, um, and a six-six defender is nothing to scoff at. But for six and two simic, I can adapt three, and as long as it has a plus one plus one counter on it, it can attack as though it didn't have defender. And I put that in the deck, not with the plan to adapt it, um, but I adapted it many times, uh, and I think that's the right way to play the deck. That's that adapt cost is steep. Um, and it's not something that you should plan on doing, but a 6-6 Defender for, for that cost is really strong in and of itself. And if you can't adapt it, go ahead. Excuse me. So, my spells that I played were all super controly. y um, Summary Judgment is an instant for 1 in white. Uh, it deals 3 damage to a tapped creature. But if I cast it during my main phase, it deals five damage to that creature instead. Slime Bind is an enchantment with Flash, and the enchanted creature gets minus 4, minus 0. It's not my favorite effect, but it kind of nullifies a creature. Uh, so it can still block and, and do other things, but taking power away is 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 strong depending on the creature you're going to use it on. But I also liked it because it said Flash on it. Um, not because of the Flash, but because yeah, of the ability yeah, Flash. Yeah,
0: I liked it because it said Flash on it. <laughs> <laughs> makes it real fast. Earth. Literally, I suppose it does.
1: Uh, next up is Quench. Clench? and
0: Quench. <laughs> Just being a smartass. Um, oh. I actually I do like Quench, actually.
1: Quench is okay. Uh, it's a counter spell. Two, uh, one in a blue to counter... spell unless this controller pays too. I don't run too many counters in limited but this seems like a good one. Uh, Next up is Applied Biomancy. Uh, A green and a blue for an instance. It says choose one or both and I'm going to say that part again. Choose one or both. Applied Biomancy was my downfall. But here's what it does, Uh, target creature gets plus one plus one until end of turn, and or you can return a creature to its owner's hand. It doesn't have to be the same creature. It could be, but it doesn't have to be. Uh, I had two of those in my deck. I also had a Bring to Trial, which was the only, oh, I lied. It was one of two cards that could not be cast at instant speed. Uh, This one simply exiles a creature with power four or greater, for two and a white. I had Arrestor's Admonition, uh, which is my favorite blue card in the in the set, at the very least my favorite blue common. Uh, two and a blue for an instant return target creature to its owner's hand, and if you cast it during your main phase, you can draw a card. Those are two things that I definitely want to be doing in Limited, is, is bouncing things and drawing cards. And that thing did work for me. Uh, I really like that card a lot. Uh, I have Code of Constraint, which is an instant that gives a creature minus four minus zero until end of turn, and I get to draw a card. But if I cast it during my main phase, I can tap that creature, and that creature doesn't untap during its next untap step. And That card also saw a lot of play for me, I was really happy with it. I wasn't sure how I felt about it at first, but the drawing a card and locking something down for an entire turn is actually pretty strong. Also, he's fighting some giant crab simic monster, uh, which is kind of cool. Uh, I have Dovin's Acuity, or information campaign. One and a white and a blue for an enchantment when it enters the battlefield, you gain two life and draw a card. And whenever you cast an instant spell during your main phase, you may return Dovin's Acuity to its owner's hand. So the dream, of course, is to play Dovin's Acuity on one turn, get my life, draw my card, on my next turn, play an instant turn my main phase to return it to my hand, then play it again to gain two life and draw a card. That didn't happen. I never chained this thing. But it was a good dream. I do
2: like and hate that some of the guys here were calling it Un-Disinformation Campaign for
0: a little while.
1: Un-What?
0: <laughs> uh, un no. yeah, It's Information Campaign, damn it.
1: Yeah. Say Information Campaign. But again, disinformation campaign.
2: some of my clientele are teenagers, and yeah. the memes, and the oh. and the memes and the memes of course of course and the kids. It's talking. Yes,
1: That's like, I. I call the talking. There's
2: <laughs> there's a That's reason not. why they called me Old Man Schnell. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> he doesn't get it. <laughs> it's, it's funny. Is it funny? It's funny. Is
1: it though? <laughs> uh, and then my final non land card in the deck is Law Minder's or Law Mage's Binding which is another really strong card. One in a white and a blue for an enchant creature. Enchanted creature can't attack or block and its activated abilities can't be activated, but it also has flash, just in case it wasn't strong enough. The rest of the cards in the deck were uh, lands. I ran 18 lands. Four of them were gates, two of them were Azorius Guild Gates, Uh, and then the other two were the Gateway Plazas, I think is what they were called. Which is a land that I hate. It enters the battlefield tapped, and you have to sacrifice it unless you pay one mana the turn it enters the battlefield. Yeah, that so one's it's not that good. Essentially a land that costs you one mana to play. Uh, but then it does tap for one of any color, and it's also a gate, uh, which is a relevant land type. And because I was running three colors, I really needed the fixing, so I put them in there. Um, my evening went very well overall. Um, it was very late at night. And I had a very long day, so I don't remember all the details from all of my matches. Uh, but I played Nelson in round two. I played someone in round one. Uh, I would hope played so. played <laughs> someone else in round three. Um, all those games I won. Uh, I went into round four, three and O. And my last game, uh, my, I ended up losing. So I ended the night 3-1. Um, but I did lose the very first game that match uh, due to a misplay on my part. I was playing against a kid who was playing Orzo. Um And I was controlling his board, uh, knocking him down. I was attacking him in the air. And I got him down to one life. And on my final turn, uh, I went in for lethal damage. He made the block. I was expecting... Well, he, he, I had two creatures. He had two creatures. Um, and before I attacked, I played Applied Biomancy. Uh, choose one or both. Target creature gets plus one plus one until end of turn, or return target creature to its owner's hand. I bounced one of his blockers. I did not give my flying creature plus one, plus one until end of turn like I should have. Uh, because he couldn't block it. Uh, yeah. uh, it was the it was the Aeromunculus. Knocked him down to one life. Oh. And he ended up beating me that game. And it was a really good game uh, if I hadn't misplayed. I should have won that one. Uh, second game we played... I lost to him fair and square right away, so he got me in, in in two games of the match. There should have been a third one, but it was my own fault. And if there was a third one, I also could have lost that one. I don't mind losing; I just don't like playing poorly, which is why I did that game. <laughs> so, but I walked away uh, three and one. I got some packs out of it. Then I had to brave the kill storm on my way home. Um, and that was my Friday night uh, pre-release experience. Um, I also did a pre-release today. I will talk about it extremely briefly. Uh, today there was a two-headed giant event, uh, and I had a buddy come in from out of town that wanted to play two-headed giant. So I said I would play with him. Um, he wanted to play Orzov, so I chose Rakdos to to go along with his Orzov. In my head thinking uh we could probably get some sort of spectacle thing going with the 1-1 tokens uh then we started cracking packs um and these were probably the best pre-release packs i've ever seen in my entire life personally uh between the two of us we opened four shock lands we opened a uh a bond we opened a domri raid um obviously the Planeswalkers from this set, not their previous counterparts with their full names. Um, a foil stamp, or a uh, uh, pre release stamped Tasa, pre release stamped uh, Judith. Also opening a second Judith. Um, yeah, we opened I, some really strong things.
2: I always like timestamp legendaries for commanders.
1: Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah they look me really too. nice. Uh I actually think I have both of those. Um So uh what we ended up doing was uh I played Esper Control uh with the the Tesa and the Dovin and um we had Oh I should've I should have grabbed it, I forgot the name of it. Uh Ill Ill. Something Ill Gotten wrong. Inheritance? Ill Gotten Inheritance, there we go. Uh, It's an enchantment for three and a black, and it says at the beginning of your upkeep, each opponent loses one life and you gain one life. In Two-Headed Giant, that's really strong, because the opposing team has two opponents on it. So at the beginning of my upkeep, uh, uh, the team was losing two life and we were gaining one life. I had three of those in my pool.
2: Jeez.
1: And there were two gains when I had two of them down at once. So at the beginning of my upkeep, they were losing four, and we were gaining two. Uh, And it was also really funny, because in both of those games, when I threw down two of them, the opposing team each threw down one of them. (laughs) And I was like, ha-ha, enchantment. And they were like, ha-ha, enchantment. I was like, ha-ha, second enchantment. Ah, (laughs) crap, we can't win this race. (laughs) Uh, So I played Esper. Uh, My partner played Gruul. Uh, He was thinking about going Jund, but uh, there wasn't anything he wanted to play in black. Uh, So he just went straight Gruul with Dami Raid, Rhythm of the Wild, uh, and a bunch of Riot stuff. And we um, won our first two games handily. Uh, We lost our third game because uh, just poor draws. I kept a hand... That I felt like I should have put back, but my partner talked me into it. But then he Mulliganed down to five, and didn't have the support I needed because I had a I had a uh, I had my uh, Dovin in that hand, and I was going to play it on a flyer and then start pooping out factor tokens to protect him. Um, but then our our opponents that we played, which I was going to talk to you guys uh, off mic about, um. Countered everything, and 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 uh, Dovin didn't last long, and then we didn't last long, and uh, so they made quick work of us. But we walked away uh, two and one. Opened up some more packs. Uh, I got there was a fifth shock lamb in those packs. Uh, my buddy got one of the cards. He was looking for the the tithe. Oh, tithe taker. Tithe taker. Yeah, I got uh, one of those too. Through. He opened he opened a regular one, and then. His, one of his uh, other pre-release kits had a stamped one in it.
0: Oh, nice, nice.
1: So now he's got a play set, I think. Um, and then for Twitter Giant, we're, uh, we're usually partners. What we end up doing is seeing, is there anything in this pile of cards that you really want? Uh, and then if we don't both don't want the same things, we'll just kind of take what we want. Um, he had no use for Shocklands, so all I wanted was Shocklands. I walked away with Shocklands, a Dovin... The two promos, uh, and those are all the things of note. Plus that shiny Sphinx's insight. Woo! Yeah, that's awesome for my good friend Snell. Woo! (coughs) Yes. Uh, So that was my pre-release. Pre-release was a lot of fun. Um, I'm really excited to start drafting the set where I have more control over what I what I pick and what I get to play. Uh, But the set looks really strong. There's a lot of really good stuff in the set, and so far I'm really excited about it uh the end
2: the end which brings yeah. us to schnell yeah that's yeah. You. important <laughs> um so I will do as quick of a recap of my deck as possible I it was Dezorius. a deck it was a deck for those of you who may not know at this point sealed 40 card minimum I never do 40 cards I do 41 or 42. I've been, I've been doing pre-releases for years and years and years, and I always do eh at them. And I have lost a couple of pre-release games because of Mill. And because of that, I always put one or two extra cards in my deck because it's come down to that at some point. So I always go 41 or 42 cards in my deck. Uh, I went Azorius. My pre-release pack was Azorius, and I built that. I didn't really have too much that stood out in any of the other colors, so I didn't go with those guilds. That being said, my time-stamped promo was Emergency Powers, a fantastic card that will find a home... Somewhere. I didn't end up playing it because I didn't have really any big, like, bombs. I just had a lot of, like, decent, small, and mid range things in my deck. Uh, of the, I believe, 41, it was 17 lands. Three of them were Azori Skillgates. I had seven, eight, about 12 creatures. The rest were instant sorceries, enchantments. Uh, I got a Lavania. Which I thought was fantastic, and then I started playing her and realizing the only real thing she stops in this format is some spectacle costs if they're like really really early game and they're trying to cheat them. But other than that, she's a two-two vanilla in this format. Which yeah, I didn't I didn't really think about that you know until like round three when I'm like oh yeah she does kind of not help me at all against these guys. But she I had. Looks-
1: she looks really pretty though. Like her card is really cool looking.
2: Yeah, she's got a super strong jawline, which I'm okay with. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, was, I was talking more about like the 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 uh, dark background of her art, uh, oh, yeah. framed framed by the white and blue uh, uh, legendary frame. Yeah, uh, I think it just looks really cool.
2: Yeah, no, it's a nice card. It just didn't help me in in this limited format. Um, that being said, I did yet I did end up going uh, two and two on the night, not the way that I usually go two and two. Usually in a release, I go two and two because I will build a deck, go o and t- uh, o and two, and then use all my extra cards and build a new deck and go two and o, and then kick myself <laughs> for not having built that deck first. This one, I won round one. I played against a Rakdos player, and both games that I won, I started early with my. Uh, I had uh, three flyers in the uh, deck, the Concordia Pegasus, the 1-3 flyer. Got that thing out early, it being a 1-3, it was a decent blocker, he couldn't really stop it. And then I worked up to a Senate Griffin. I had two sets of the Civic Stalwart, the Elephant Soldier, 3-3 for 4 when he comes in, uh, gives plus one plus one to a creature until the end of the turn. And then Angelic Exaltation was my favorite enchantment of the night. Whenever a creature you control attacks alone, it gets plus X, plus X, where X is the number of creatures you control. Yeah, I like that a so, lot. So, yeah, having having a flyer on the board that he couldn't deal with one game and then having Azorius Knight Arbiter, the 2-5 Vigilant Unblockable. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, those two guys won me most of my games. Uh, round, round 2, I ended up losing, because round 1 I beat a Rakdos player. Round 2, I ended up losing to a Simic player. Uh, he just he flew me, and his his flyers just kept getting bigger than mine, because I had Sennet-Griffin, uh, 3-2. I had a Sphinx of New Prov, which is a 4-3, uh, also Vigilant, which helped, and then the Concordia-Pegasus. The 2-5 Vigilant guy was kind of neat, but I didn't see him every game, and I didn't feel as bad about losing to the Simic guy in round two because he went on to go undefeated. He was one of the two undefeateds at the end of the night, so eh. Losing to to one of the best isn't that bad. Uh, Round three, I felt terrible for just utterly destroying another Rakdos player. Uh, he, He ended up winning one round off me when I drew, I believe, 12 of my 17 land. But other than that, I, again, saw the Angelic Exaltation and something that he couldn't block and just kept pumping out guys, and yeah, that... Didn't end well for him. And in the final round, uh, played against another stupidly annoying Simic deck. And those, um, uh, the 3-2 flyers, T. were talking about? Aeromunculus or whatever?
1: Aeromunculus.
2: Aeromunculus. Yeah, he yeah. had, like, five of those.
1: Those are so good. Wow, there, he can it only have four. So,
2: no. <laughs> <laughs> I believe he did legitimately have five in his sealed pool. And... It well, I, I saw five.
1: Huh? I said I would have played five.
2: Oh, absolutely. Um but yeah, just just tons of flyers, and that was when I realized that I didn't really have too much pumping, and the highest power in my deck was only a four, and that was just one card. Everything else was three threes or less, and there are so many big creatures in Simic. Uh, I also had to deal with the six six gator that gets Nelson hard, and <laughs> yeah, it scuttle gator. it it yeah. got me just as hard dealing with that thing. It <laughs> yep, that goddamn scuttle gator. That scuttle gator will get you. Scuttle gator, gator gonna get you. He he adapts and then crocodile gator death roll, gator death roll. I don't know, but anyway, uh, happy with the pre-release. Happy with my uh, booster box. I did a uh, opening video where I mumbled through and. Kind of showed all the crap I got and kind of recapped a little bit of my uh, love and/or hatred of certain cards based on the pre-release. But overall, good night. Uh, running an event, especially the first event at a new store, super stressful. Hate having to turn away Magic players. Hate having to say I'm sorry you can't play with us. <laughs> um, I don't have I don't have the biggest game store here. Uh, I have permanent seating for. Uh, i think 28 players which isn't a whole lot i the week before or like leading up to it in the last few days i kind of anticipated a larger turnout than that i put all of my shelving in my retail space on wheels and rolled everything out of the way and bought extra tables and chairs the night before and it was still at the point where a couple of people had to agree to like bring their own chairs and uh, as long as I always played standing at the counter and my opponent was okay with that we had like 38 players because no 37 players because some somebody got sick and two people couldn't make it out with the weather
1: no uh-huh. oh I forgot but, that
0: one guy got super sick and had to leave that's right
2: yeah he like he he hung out for modern and then he's just like can I can I take my stuff now and or like take it early and I'm like I I can't he's like oh, I'll just have to get it tomorrow and he just looked like hell but he showed up today and got his stuff and complained and and complained about not getting money cards and all in every single booster pack well yeah because that's how the game is you know every every pack's a winner well and he got uh he got that uh black white enchantment that gives your creatures plus one plus one, and your opponent's creatures minus one minus oh, one. Oh yeah, Ethereal That was
1: really good too.
2: Yeah, and he just immediately looked up the price and went, "Oh, it's not that good. Well, uh, this sucks."
0: Price isn't everything. I know <laughs> that card there's... literally won me the matches. I won. I won because of that card. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that and glass of the guild gates. I mean, or guild pack. Um, yeah. yeah, it's not. But that's that's how it goes with newer
2: players, younger players, especially when you don't have like a. Not that we all have massive disposable incomes, but we have some disposable income to throw into a hobby game like this. When you're younger and you don't necessarily have that, every penny counts. Oh, for sure. You you automatically equate card playability and value to its monetary value, which isn't the best way to approach deck construction or, you know, playing the game. So,
0: right, right. And I, I mean, I was actually thinking about it. So there aren't like. You know, it's not like when a master set comes out or even like, I don't know, when Dominaria came out and like Karn was like 60 bucks and now him and Teferi have switched, have since switched price points. Um, But, you know, a lot of stuff, especially once it rotates out of standard, but even after it's been out for a few weeks, like a lot of stuff plummets. Um, You know, I'm thinking specifically that, uh, what was that black card? Um, uh, God, that. That black card from um, Guilds of Ravnica. Um, God, was it a Specter or whatever the? Oh, Doom Whisper. Thank you, Doom Whisper. Like that thing when that set came out, that thing was at where where Arc Light Phoenix is now. That's where that thing was, and it was there for about two weeks. And now it's what ten bucks, twelve bucks. You know, like the market will stabilize. But I think a lot of the way that this is priced now, I think a lot of this stuff is going to retain some of its value. Like I think it's a good, it's a good set. There's a lot of useful stuff in here. Well, and
2: the the thing you always have to understand is right now, and by right now I mean when a set releases, not today, but uh, starting on the 28th when the set actually releases and everyone starts getting their stuff, the market will just start flooding, right? right. So prices are speculative based on what people think they're going to start running, but the supply is going to skyrocket, and the demand is our, the demand is finite already, based on a lot of the hype. Yep. So until we have a few bigger Magic events where, like the the guys who actually play and build everything and start you know winning tournaments, those are the ones that actually determine prices just by their success. Right now, it's everyone speculating and everyone just trying to move as much product individually as they can, and it drives down prices. So I personally, having you know. Having dealt with Magic for years and years and years, I enjoy just sort of sitting back and being more, I don't want to say reactionary, but when people start bringing stuff to me to sell it to the store to get other things, it's usually because the prices are already coming down and they're trying to offload it before they think it's going to bottom out. Most people don't realize that these changes happen so fast that they hit their like new price points almost immediately. So if somebody's selling me stuff, it's already at the point where it's going to be the lowest. Once they realize what cards they want, the market adjusts and then when they try to buy them because they're again trying to speculate or they're trying to, you know, just copy other people's decks, well the internet has already said, "Oh yeah, everyone wants this card, it's now $10 more." Right, yeah, the price the price shoots up. Yeah, yep. which I I always recommend to new players, I'm like, play in events, do the sealed stuff if you can, get a box if you can afford it. Um, but hang on to your cards and just start playing with them. Have fun with it like it's a game and not just like stocks for kids. Right, right yeah. exactly. Exactly. <laughs> because too many of these guys get so like financially invested and upset when it doesn't immediately pay off. And they're like, well, yeah, you have a lot of money. I'm like, no, I've just been playing the game for like 20 years. Yeah, exactly. I still have some of the cards. Like, I, uh,. I, I'll show my original uh, cold snap token of Merit Lege, which was given out at a release event, and I'm like, yeah, they just gave this out. And at one point, it was like a twenty or thirty dollar token. I'm like, well, we can't afford that. I'm like, it was. You got that with like the six booster packs. Yeah, you didn't it wasn't just go like, buy I a to buy token it. for that. I'm like, just start hanging on to certain things. Like you can, it's okay to like buy and sell when you get you know extras or you want to build a specific deck but you don't have to offload everything that's not, you know, a high dollar card now because who knows what the game is going to do in the next year or 5 or 10
1: you're so smart now
2: i i have patience because i burned myself real real bad as one of those kids i i may have brought this up in the past on the podcast i lament about it regularly um, i sold a playset of all of the original dual lands. I think there were unlimited uh, duels at Gen Con when it was still in Milwaukee, and I made a ton of money. At the time it was like $20 a piece and it's like, holy shit, for, for lands? That's awesome, yeah. Take all of them. I'm going to buy nachos you know, <laughs> with extra cheese now <laughs> because, because I'm a hundredaire at, in my early teens. And then over the next like year or two, they started going up and up and up, and now it's two of them cost what I sold all of them for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's crazy. Um, yeah, and, I mean, I, so think I even just I had seller's remorse, so I absolutely I absolutely latch on and I'm like, hey, don't if you are not sure, just hold on to the card. Worst case scenario, you don't play it or you give it to your friend, and you get somebody else in the game because it's a game. It's a game.
1: And because of all your smart financial decisions, that's why you're rich now and you can afford everything. <laughs> yeah, and you'd think the teenagers would listen to you.
2: I'm I'm rich in magic cards and I I guess board game product and friends.
1: Aww, aww, aww. that's true. That's very mm-hmm. true.
2: I also have like eight persistent petitioners. So that's that's pretty wealthy. <laughs> I think. <laughs> I can't even. I looked this morning. I looked this morning. They're already like they're they're hovering up to like the two. dollars I was gonna mark, say they're about I'm two dollars. Like, ah. Yeah, because I have four or five of them. It was like a buck sixty-seven. I think this morning when I scanned them, and I'm I'm like, eh, I, I want a bunch. They're gonna be dumb, and
0: I don't think it's gonna be good, but I want them. Yeah, I think you know, talking about you know, the speculative side of the game, uh, real quick before we wrap up. I think the only time that I've ever, ever been like worried or like consciously thinking about money value um in cards is probably from this last um ultimate you know ultimate masters uh just because you know it's like ooh, everybody gets a box topper when you buy a box but then it's like well yeah you could get a karn or a liliana or a cavern of souls or you could get like a fulminator mage or a lava claw reaches or you know so like the the um the the range is just so crazy in those and i mean all three of us so tige tige won a box topper in a draft um it was a draft right tj you won that in yes yeah and you, Tee- you got a tutor yeah, right tige is, is good at draft yeah he is what
1: was that Nelson?
0: you you opened a demonic tutor right
1: that was my box topper yeah,
0: yeah. and chanel your two box toppers I, I know you opened two for sure and both of them were cavern of souls right <laughs> yes yeah and I opened up two, and I got a Demonic Tutor and a Mana Vault, so all of us, I mean, I don't know what anybody else opened up from your shipment, um, but all of us, I mean, made out quite well <laughs> um, <laughs> on on those, you know, uh, as far as, as value goes, but... I think that's the only time I can think of where I'm where I was actually thinking about monetary value assigned to something while I was purchasing it. Like it's always but, fun later to be like, oh hey, look at this! This card spiked. Like I have all of the, the lay lines that I've been hanging on. Specialty out to
2: sets for, and the master sets like that. Those are for oh collected for right. like financial right. purposes. Exactly. Yep. And they, I, I totally understand. They try that. to make something collectible for for the players who want to collect and invest. And they try to reprint the cards that players need to be
0: made cheaper, so that they have more players in these right. bigger events. Exactly. Like, you know. Exactly. Yeah, it makes it makes uh like eternal formats more accessible. Um, you know, to people who are newer to the game. You don't have to have been playing since you know 1993 in order to um, be competitive in these events. As they re-release. You know, cards that are used in modern, legacy, vintage, whatever. Um, yeah. So, so yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, any anybody else have anything to say uh, in addition to what we've already said about pre-release? Or are you guys happy?
2: I'm excited, and I'm going to bother Wizards uh, tomorrow to, make, to, to see if I can get more promos for FNM for the next few months, having uh, met all of the requirements now for an advanced-level store.
0: Yeah, I'm really happy about that. I mean, it was a it was a win win all around this weekend for a lot of reasons. Uh, the attendance was awesome. The people were awesome. Your store gets extra bonuses. We all, in some way, shape, or form, um, pulled some great cards, and uh, you know everybody won at least one match. Um, and it was it was it was a blast. And like you like you said, and we've kind of hinted at throughout, um, you know, this episode, uh, this set looks to be. Um, a lot of fun. I think there's some great stuff in here. Uh, it's gonna be interesting to see how what what have what has come from these new uh, f- you know these new five guilds um, integrates with the previous five guilds that came out um, in guilds and it'll be really interesting to see in a few months where they take us with the third and final set in this knot block that we're in right now. I think
2: Flip is going to be the one to kill, Nickel Just putting that out there now. That little homunculus. He wasn't totally lost. He was on a secret mission. And he found some magic artifact and is going to be able to kill Bolas with it. That's why Homunculus was looking for him. They need to get him and throw him at Bolas's horns.
0: Well, goddammit. I
1: think Philip is hiding in that horn egg.
0: <laughs> I thought, I, I'm pretty sure that he's going to get hatched from the horns of Bolas.
2: The the egg is actually a porcelain mask of the black Myosian from my knowledge of the lore.
1: No. Could be.
2: I believe it's it's (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'll be damned. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. It could be it could be both. Maybe the Black Myosian was wearing Fibblethif for a while and then gave
0: him to Bolas as a gift when he died. Well, Fibblethif gets around. I mean, like, let's, you know, let's be honest. Um, yeah, no, it'll be it'll be interesting to see where it goes. Um, and it will be interesting to see where we go next week. Uh, we haven't settled on a topic yet, so we don't have a good teaser for that, but uh, we'll come up with something, and, and it'll be great. So... Uh, thank you guys for listening again. And uh, please, if you haven't already, uh, rate, review, and subscribe. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and the Podbean app. Um, our online communities at Homebrew Magic on Instagram and on Facebook. Uh, we're working on building up a couple other communities. We'll announce those when they're done. Um, we're looking at our website and our YouTube channel uh, when I say that. And, uh, hey, make sure make sure you tell a friend. Um, Thank you for listening, and as you guys go into release weekend, um, good luck with the events that you play in. And, uh, and your Pulls, thank you very much for listening. Um, you guys want to? You guys want to say goodbye too?
2: I think my sign off is "Don't drink and scry, So I like yes, that. Don't, I like drink, that. And don't yeah. drink and scry. Don't drink and scry, kids.